Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, your source for helping you dominate and insulate your growing practice through two pillars of success, systems and marketing. And now here's your host, Dr. Peter Bolden. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Tonight, I'm going to reflect on the kind of the state of SEO or SEO in 2016 and how it's progressed over the years. Literally, you know, SEO is kind of a different thing than it was almost, uh, you know, kind of when it was the buzzword. And, and now it's all kind of based more on the user experience, you know, and how the freshness of content and the authority that Google has given your your website. Penguin, which is some of you, if you keep up with any SEO, Penguin was an update that really was focused on on eliminating the spamminess of how people would get ranked and um, and go back to things about like more like the signals that would include specific words that appear on websites. Like I said, the freshness of the content, um, the specificity to your region, and again, the page rank. And page rank is really just an authoritative, it's a numeric number that is uh, arbitrary in, in a certain sense in that it gives you know anywhere from one to 100, Wikipedia being, let's say, authoritative on 100. So the higher you go with that, the better. So page rank is pretty important. So what was SEO? And a lot of people still think that's the way it is now. You know, with SEO, you say, you know, it's thrown around pretty topically in that it's people say, oh, SEO, and they just use it, but really don't understand kind of what that means. And and I think there's been a huge evolution in that meaning. So literally SEO used to mean you know, it's obviously it stands for search engine optimization and you could, you could gamify and win the system back in the day by spammy link building. Link building was kind of the currency for creating equity for your website. You could get your listing and links and directories. You could spin articles um, robotically that didn't even really make sense when you would read them. Like I said, essentially you could just gamify SEO and win literally by creating no value on the internet. And so I'm glad that that practice has gone away. I'm glad that Google and their their constant pursuit of algorithm for the benefit of the user experience has learned to circumvent that gamification and go towards, um, you know, it's all to them. It's all about the user experience. So let me discuss a little bit of what I feel as though here are kind of the top seven takeaways for SEO uh, I really hate using that because we're not trying to optimize the search engine anymore. We're really just trying to optimize the user experience or our website or I don't know. But anyway, so what is what is it in 2016? Uh, social. So number one, I think social content will continue to become more and more prominent in the in the overall algorithm of ranking. I think those those social signals are spoken loud and clear to Google's algorithm. Of course, no one knows what that is, but I would I would estimate that it's probably a third of the ranking the ranking criteria at this point because it's a way for Google to legitimately quantify who's relevant in the space. And you know, if people are talking about you and mentioning you and and 
sharing links and, um, you know, then, then you are a part of the ecosystem of current prominence, if that makes any sense. So social media, you know, I think it, it it's become the mainstay. And um, I, I'm the first to admit that many years ago, I sat on a stage lecturing to people, you know, this was probably six or seven years ago. And I said, really, social media has no place in dentistry. And at the time, I was right in that it didn't the way people were strategizing it was they were actually building landing pages, let's say, for instance, a Facebook landing page for their practice, and then trying to aggregate fans or friends or whatever to that page, and then using that page to blast articles or offers or whatever. And it was a very inorganic way of conversation. As as we know, social media, the whole prominence of it is because it's very, it's, it's a conversation. It's supposed to be like a cocktail party. So now I have to kind of correct what I said on stage, you know, lecturing to people six or seven years ago and say that it does have a huge position. But I think that the context in which it needs to be applied is quite different, meaning that the social mentions for me is everything that you should be striving for. Yes, it's cool to have a, a, a practice page with a lot of friends and fans and whatever, because you know, you're increasing your audience and you're increasing your distribution. But the better factor, in my opinion, is finding ways to get content into their feed, into their post, into their timeline, into their Twitter feed, into their Instagram. The average friend, the I'm sorry, the average fan has over 223 friends per platform. So for instance, there's a lot of value that can be derived from, let's say let's say Mrs. Jones gets a picture of your office and then posts it to Instagram, which is then usually immediately syndicated to Facebook and Twitter. You know, there's things on Snapchat. I mean, if you're not kind of utilizing Snapchat or trying to look into Snapchat right now, I really stress that you need to because that's where people's attention is right now in social media. And, you know, you if you follow the attention, that's a smart thing to do because if you can capture their attention, you really can capture them to becoming a potential client, customer, whatever. So number one, in summary, focus on your social media strategy think outside the box, think about how you can gain, gain extensions into people's timelines or their sphere of influence. Two, videos will, will still be incredibly powerful. We're moving more and more into the, the, the video age, you know, where the bandwidth of, of the internet is increasing. So video is just becoming the mainstay. Everything that we do kind of is video. Like I said, I just referring back to, to, to Snapchat, like I, mentioned in number one, it essentially is a video where everyone is the star of their own show and an actor and people get captivated by videos, videos of strangers. Even it's kind of the wildest phenomenon that we're in, 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 in society right now. I digress a little bit, but really focus on your video strategy. If you're not continually and, and consistently looking at creating video content, then I encourage you to rethink that because video really, really helps. Um, you know, through video, people can see, see you talking. They can see you describing a procedure. They can see your office. They can see a lot of, 
lot of intangibles that are nice when they're sitting in their living room kind of searching for a dentist. So I really, I really encourage you to, to put as much videos and don't worry so much about, about the production aspect of the video. I know a couple of dentists actually on the West Coast who film tremendously with their iPhone and they just post it and they post it kind of raw. They don't, they don't have a lot of post-production and post-editing and such like that. They're just posting videos when they think of a topic and they're, and they're logically just inserting it into or embedding it into areas of their website, which is awesome. And it's actually gaining a ton of traction. And then they're taking that video and getting a tremendous amount of play from that in, internally. And then they're actually using that video in their social channels and then cutting it up and putting it into, you know, Snapchat stories and Instagram stories and inserting it into blog posts. So you get a duplicity effect when you create the video. You can really distribute it through and through many of your aggregate channels. And so I always tell kind of everyone, you know, spend the time doing it right one time and then you'll have that at scale in perpetuity of your video. So videos will still rule in, in 2016 and beyond. Number three, mobile optimized websites will become crucial. Look at your traffic if you have Google Analytics and look at how it potentially has trended over the past couple of years if you, can, if you have that much data to go on. What you'll find if you look at the devices that are actually visiting your site, it used to be that desktop you know, the desktop experience or a laptop, whatever, was the dominant device that would view the websites. And thus, a lot of websites were created beautifully to perform well on a desktop. Unfortunately, when they're designed like that to be beautiful on desktop, and sometimes they can be, the, the, the experience can be highly degraded when it has to be looked at in a mobile experience or a mobile device, either an iPad or, or worse, an iPhone or, or a Droid, because it has to be obviously scaled down so much. And sometimes we're looking at su such truncated websites that it's just not a good user experience. So I would encourage you to, to, if you're in the market, to redesign or revisit your website. I would encourage you to design beautifully from the mobile first and the desktop second, because I see that for me personally, I see in my analytics that that now the mobile traffic has eclipsed the desktop traffic. So I get more mobile visits than I than I do desktop. And just a couple of years ago, it was I was probably only getting 25-30% of my traffic from mobile. So now it's now it's close to 60. I see that trend increasing as as phones get more and more powerful, more and more capable, more and more smart, quote unquote. And I see people kind of just not even using laptops and desktops anymore. I know several of my buddies who are not in dentistry, who are kind of hotshot businessmen, and they don't even take their laptops anymore on business because their phones are so capable. They'll take Bluetooth computers, uh, I'm sorry, Bluetooth keyboards and things like that, and, and literally conduct business almost aut uh, autonomously through their phone. So I think that's going to become more and more prominent. So look at look at making sure that that the experience that you provide through mobile optimization is is one where it was designed as a primary purpose and not an afterthought also it, look at getting your the speed of your pages and google has several tools i think there's a page speed is it is a tool and i can kind of put that in maybe this show notes here 
where you can actually have your current website graded, graded from a from a a, a loading profile on an on a mobile device, also graded from a mobile experience. Google's also come out with a platform called the AMP, which is an accelerated mobile page protocol, which they really really are pushing pretty hard because they know that the users, which is their primary focus of making sure have the good experience, are consuming and digesting this data or content, I should say, through mobile devices. So it's imperative that they start rewarding people who are compliant with fast load speeds and increased user experience. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Hopefully, by now, we're delivering tremendous value to your practice operations. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Also, don't forget to give us a review in iTunes and let us know how we're doing. Thank you so much. Now, back to the show. Number four, look at long tail keywords because voice functions and voice search functions are going to increase in popularity. Siri and Cortana and things like that, where people are literally searching with what are called long tail keywords. And if you don't, and, and if that's foreign sounding to you, a long tail keyword is, is simply something that is, is, is it basically a sentence that someone would speak? You know, it, it's many, many words that compile the search query if they're typing it in. So it's almost like a, like an incomplete sentence, like Siri, can you tell me the best dentist in my zip code? Right. That would be a long tail keyword search versus dentist San Diego which is what it used to be kind of the most competitive way to kind of look for search terms, right? But now long-term keywords are going to, in my opinion, going to become even more and more prominent. And I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of juice there. And I think there's a lot of, if you devote a lot of time to that, I think that you'll be rewarded handsomely. So again, I, I see the voice search function increasing at scale, quite, quite honestly. Number five, Local SEO will become more and more important. Couldn't agree with this more. Local is everything. It's the experience that someone has when they type something in and they're not and they're not having a geographic modifier like the city they live in. You know, let's just say someone is is near you and they type in dentist, the local SEO will will take over and help rank you for that. Used to be that, like I said, there's a geographic modifiers that you look in before the local was there, where where you could. I used to look at how I would rank in certain terms based on the city that I was trying to rank in, right? So you know, Invisalign, Atlanta, or whatever it may be. But now Google has gotten gotten smarter than that and actually knows what the user is is trying to do. So local SEO is even more is is an independent animal of that of just regular SEO, right? So it has its own ways that 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 you can rank. And it used to be things like citations. I mean, a citation, I won't go too deep into this, but a citation is essentially composed of something called an NAP or a NAP. And that's the name of your business, the address, and the phone number. And every time that's listed on a, on a reputable site, you get something called a citation. And that is essentially like the currency of a link was in just regular SEO. So citations drive a lot of the SEO. The map function drives a lot of the SEO. How many times people have requested directions to your office drives SEO, local SEO, I should say. 
complete profiles on your Google business page, your small business page helps, helps drive local SEO reviews, help drive SEO on, on sites like Google and Yelp and, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. All these things go into the ranking factors that then become the local SEO pack. And now, as you see, as you do a search term, usually they're doing just three, the top three are getting put on the map. And so when you get a map, when you get a literally, when you type in a search term and you get a map listing for your town, that's awesome. When you're in that top three and you're one of them, let's say you type in implants, implants, Minnesota, or let me, let me give you a better example. Uh, so let me go a little bit more specific. So let's say kind of implants, impa- implants, Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. You type that in and then all of a sudden, because Google has deemed you to be authoritative in the implants and in Charleston, now you get rewarded with a map listing, which is, I, I think the best place to be on, on that, on that search returned page. And then you'll have the number one through 10 listed beneath that. And that, that's good too. That's good too. But I think as we know, and we, as, as we watch people's eyes and there's studies that kind of show you where people's eyes go to at, as soon as they hit return from their search query, where, where the attention is focused, it's focused right around where that, that map gets displayed to them. So people click on that very, very often. So learn about, if you don't know about SEO, local SEO, kind of learn about it, learn about the, the things that drive it, like we, I just spoke of, there's even more. I'm, I'm quite honestly not, not an expert at local SEO, but I do know that it's, it's, it's benefited my practice very well. Number six, focus, and I've kind of alluded to this earlier, focus on the user experience. It's, it's hard to quantify this and say, here's the things that do, but I, I truly believe that that is at the core of Google's algorithm change is continually trying to better the user experience through just their binary code, right? Creating that algorithm that's eliminating the gamification and increasing and rewarding the sites that have the best user experience. And that may mean, may mean design of your website. It may mean the, the actual content. It may mean, gosh, a whole lot, a whole lot of factors. You know, do you have a rich user experience? Do you have videos? Do you have you know, are you engaged in social media? Do you know, do you have the kind of the complete package focus on lowering your, your bounce rate? And you have to have Google analytics to, to installed on your site on the back end to make sure that you're looking at the bounce rate. But the bounce rate essentially is you want to lower that bounce rate because if you have high bounce rates, it means that people are hitting your site and then immediately saying, Oh, that doesn't look very good or oh, that's not what I want. And all this stuff is being tracked, you know, like a report card almost. So, that metric then goes into your kind of your report card. And then Google, after a while, Google starts saying, Hey, let's not show this person's website anymore. As someone types in blankety blank term, let's, let's show someone else and give someone else a chance essentially. So, you know, focus on your bounce rate. Also as a goal, try to increase the time on site. And what I mean by that is that as soon as someone lands on your site, Google and their metrics, whether you have analytics installed or not, they still track this stuff. They, a clock starts, a stopwatch starts once someone lands on your, on your, on your site. And they're literally watching every user and, and counting how many seconds, how many minutes, how much time is spent on your site per user, per unique visitor. 
And obviously, increasing the time on site means that you have a ton of content that is keeping people there, keeping it sticky. And so that, to me, I think is one of the, that's the metric that I focus on a ton because it's my intuition that that Google is tracking that pretty heavily in their algorithm because that's a good metric of how good of a quality site. If I have, let's just say, if, if, if website A has an average time on site of four or five minutes and, and website B has a has you know a 30 second and a high bounce rate well which one do you think is going to over time win that competition yeah website a so there's ways to kind of increase the time on site going back to the tip number two which was videos you know if embedding videos in your page that's a good way to internally keep someone on that page increase that time on site also make sure that your pages are very um full of, of content, whether that's graphics or infographics or just the words, and you're connecting your pages through what are called intralinks throughout your website. So that if someone reads and they say, wow, that's interesting. But then, then you say, hey, well, if you like that, let's take you to this page. And you basically just keep them in this web of, of learning on your site. So again, in summation number six, you know, focus on the user experience, back yourself out of the equation and type in your website as kind of if you can type in your website as just you know the normal person and try and and normalize your experience and see what you would think versus your competition lastly number seven creating good substantial content and you've probably heard the phrase if you've ever been to any kind of seo or dental seo that content is king and i've heard that as long as i can remember literally 10 years and it's it's king. It will always be king. The algorithms again are are continually improving to reward good content. I I've seen a a trend in where it used to be that you could rank pretty well with three or four hundred words in your web page. Now I think the best result happens from fifteen hundred words and beyond, plus having some video in there, some social sharing, a lot of intralinks, even links to other authoritative sites, whether it's Wikipedia, the ADA, whatever it is, because you're sharing the love and Google is saying, well, that's a good site. They're not just trying to, they're not just trying to trap all traffic, right? They're being contributing to the ecosystem of, of the entire internet. I would really encourage you to go very deep with your knowledge of your, of your site and then go wide, meaning go deep with your, your content pages. This you're talking about composites, Go deep, put in pictures, you know, and then, and make sure you're tagging those pictures right with the alt keywords so that they show up in Google images. Make sure that you're, you know, like I said, including the video, make sure you're talking a lot of, about, you know, going deep with your knowledge of that, talking about things like, you know, for instance, if it's a, a composite, talking about bond strains, talking about the materials that you use, talking about the experiences that you've had, just go deep with that. Maybe even putting in some testimonials of people who have had, you know, composites replaced by you, for example. Go deep with a creation of that page before you try and go wide by saying, oh, I have 300 pages on my website and they all suck. You know, I would really strive to, to to create a deep, awesome experience for someone with 10 pages than I would to have kind of a just generic 300 pages because you will win every time. And I think more and more the algorithms are going to continually reward for this strategy. Man, I'm tired. That was kind of a mouthful. Those are my top seven 
tips for SEO in 2016. I think it's it's incredibly important in this day and age for you to either enlist a company that you trust to do it for you, or better yet, become knowledgeable about this stuff so that you can have educated educated conversations with the people that you entrust to do it, as opposed to being like, oh, I'm just going to do the dentistry and hand this off to you, and you just drive new patients, right? Like, that's unfortunately not the way to do it because you are intimately or you need to be intimately involved in the creation of the content and some of the other things in the video and the social, like you really can't outsource these things very well. If anything, I think at best, it's a collaborative experience with someone that you would hire. But you know, this isn't daunting. Like you can do this, you can do all this stuff. And I understand that it takes time, but it's something that, like I said, I encourage you know, everyone to do, because this is going to be, this is going to be the new norm. And this is going to be the, the way the rule of the game is played. And if you don't do it, you're simply going to be left behind. It's just that simple. So now granted, I, I need to make the, the caveat to that. You'll be left behind. If you're an established practice and you're getting a ton of word of mouth, like, you know, then, then you've probably won. And if you're good and if you're a smaller practice and you want to stay a small practice, then, then you've probably won that and you're going to be okay. But in general, Dennis looking for growth, um, need to consider this, what I've just indicated. That's it. Hope you have a great night and a great day. We'll see you next time. 